Kalefong, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Google. Thank you so much for having me and good evening to your listeners. Evening. It's such a pleasure to have you. You have amazing bags that are here. I'm already just eyeing that overnight Oof, carrier in turn. And maybe I should describe it for you and many of our listeners. I'm seeing a card holder, a purse. Uh, there's a sling bag as well. There's the overnight carrier that I'm mentioning, all in different colors, some multicolored, but uh, as I can, the eye can tell, great quality leather and, of course, materials that have been used. But it's the design 100%. that actually speaks to us. Talk to us about Mibala, Khalifa. Thank you. Yeah, Mibala, as you mentioned, means colors in Setswana. Um, and really, that's because a celebration of African patterns, which we know as a play of color, was the genesis of, of our brand mm-hmm. and, and hence the name. So we manufacture sustainable technology-enabled um, leather products and our vision is to contribute to the new African narrative. 100%. And you're doing this through design. So that's a very innovative approach, especially from a business point of view. 100%. Um, so... I got into fashion by accident, studied economics, always knew that I would be an entrepreneur. Really? <laughs> yeah, but never thought that um, fashion would be the sector that, that I go into because I always saw it as a very challenging sector. Mm. Um, but through a moment of serendipity because there was a particular product that I was needing that no other brand um, was able to offer me, I decided that, you know, I'm going to design this product. I'm going to be resourceful and go to downtown and find the materials to make this product. So I make this product. I was a student at Vets at the time. I'm rocking it in the streets of Bramfante. And people are asking <laughs> me about it. Where did you get this backpack? Where did you get this backpack? Right. So when the sixth person asked me, where did you get this backpack? I responded, I sell them. And that's how wow. my journey in fashion started. But what I realized was that um, there were kind of two worlds in the space that were not speaking to each other. On the one hand, you had high fashion um, brands that make exquisite designs, but don't necessarily offer functionality. You know, they don't necessarily respond to all of the use cases that you have. I would agree with you. As a woman who travels with a laptop and an iPad and other devices and my makeup bag and purse and this and tissues. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got very functional brands, but um, the design is plain and and, and it's boring. Mm. So I looked at the space and I was like, why can't you merge the two worlds? Why can't you make these beautiful exquisite, um, well-crafted designs that also offer functionality, you know. So you not only design so that you make something that's beautiful, but you also design with the client in mind. Mm. So you take a very client-centric approach to fashion. You take a very problem-solving approach to fashion, Yeah. which is why um, all of our backpacks, for instance, will feature padded laptop sleeves and iPad sleeves mm. and RFID blocking technology and so on. But when what is RFID? Hey, that sounds like a new feature. I need to know about. What does that do? Um, so uh, RFID is basically the technology that enables um, 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 tapping of information, either from, let's say, your bank card, you know. Oh. 
when you're paying so it allows that nfc right near yes, field communication exactly. for you to exactly. tap in okay exactly, got exactly. you but um that can present a security risk yes. right you might have your 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 wallet um in your pocket and then if someone has a device that is able to tap and collect information from from your card 100%. or your car keys even that puts you at risk so all of our wallets are lined with um a material that actually blocks um unwarranted tapping of your card got you um and so are all of our backpacks so this this emphasis on on technology and innovation so that you know you're not just fashionable but you're also delivering use value is a big focus of our brand i love the thinking of it because as you say it really does speak to the practicality because we travel we move we are in and 100%. out of offices we're on the how train we're in the bus we're in the taxi we're in an uber um, um you know and and on, on flights and the likes and these are all practical aspects that one needs to think of but as you say Califang, i'm intrigued by your story especially when it comes to entrepreneurship this business was started in 2019 yes yes right you were still a student yes access to capital access to the necessary resources <laughs> do you still continue with your studies how you build and create a market talk to us as to how you navigated that journey so um you know one of my favorite quotes is from Tembeguayo, and he says that be patient um to dream big while you start small so you always have to think about the resources that you have in that moment and how you leverage all of your resources stepwise to mm-hmm. ultimately get to the bigger vision. So as a student, started with the local market that I had. Um, the person who made our very first backpack was a shoe cobbler. And he continued wow. to produce um, our bags for the first um, um, six months. And then after that, you've gained a little bit of traction in the market. So now you're able to graduate to an actual letter artisan. So then the next eight months, we were making our bags in a gazebo um, um, in Joburg. Wow. And we kept going like that, being capital efficient learning about the product, improving the product. Mm. And then the next step was um, a workshop. And now we have a workshop in downtown Joburg. Just on that, uh, you using the resources in terms of revenue, uh, reinvesting yes, yes, it yes. into the business. Yes, exactly. So, so no loans, sponsorship, you're bootstrapping. You're bootstrapping all the way. Um, uh, so uh, because the, the vision is, is a grand vision. It's mm. a really big vision in terms of where we want to land. Um, we want to have a deeply vertically integrated manufacturing company mm. that is creating quality jobs in the continent and competing at a global level. So it's still quite a journey ahead of us. So we were careful to ensure that, you know, we don't raise too much equity too soon um, because there's still a lot um, of needs that we're going to encounter in our journey. 100%. So it was, yeah, lots of bootstrapping um, in the first kind of two years. And then I think in the third year, that's when um, uh, we relied on some of the people in our network mm. um, to also 
come on board and, and help us crowdfund the business and so on. 100%. What I'm intrigued by, as you say, this business started in 2019. We know that there was lockdown and the pandemic shortly after that, which also might have slowed down things. Uh, and now you've really grown uh, to, to an e-commerce platform, really, where yes. your goods are available online. And, and from what I understand, you do have a manufacturing hub, especially looking at the beautiful images of you and your team uh, on your website, all of whom are craftsmen uh, in designing some of these bags. Uh, help us unpack... Um, uh, of course, when it comes to this level of growth that you've been able to find, you know, retaining people, treating this as uh, more than a side hustle and, and a business really that can access markets even through e-commerce platforms. Yes, yes. By retaining people, do you mean retaining clients or the staff, team? The team. Yeah. So... Because um, you know sometimes and then like ah, you know, kind of thing. So... 100%. Um, you know, Steve Jobs was once asked, um, what is the greatest product that you've ever built? And all of us would think that he's going to say the iPhone, right? Or maybe the iPod. He responded and he said, the team at Apple mm. is the greatest product that I've ever built. You know, so um, when you are a founder of a business, your biggest job is to build a high-performance team and yes. to maintain a high-performance team. That is your, your 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 fundamental job, you know. And so there's a lot that goes into that. And the first thing is, um, can you gather people whose mindset and whose visions are aligned with what your brand is trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And then if you answer yes to that question, do those people have the requisite skills or do they have the potential to acquire the requisite skills, right? In South Africa in particular, um, manufacturing has been in deep decline and one of the reasons for that is the declining skills. So you are going to have to do some skills development. Mm. And then the final thing is that can you build a culture and treat your employees in a way that they want to keep coming back to work? 100%. Yeah. I love that. And, and, and it's especially in terms of the ongoing skills development, because I think that's so crucial. Just because you're in a role and in a particular space doesn't mean that uh, you, th there's no consistent evolution that needs to take place in terms of growth, right? 100%, 100%. Um, the, you know, the leather artisans are at the, the core of the brand. You know, mm -hmm. we have many wonderful designs, me and, and, and the designers that work alongside myself. Yeah. Every 10 minutes I get an idea about really? <laughs> a new design. But um, it's the leather artisans that we have at the workshop that bring those designs to life. Yeah. So they are an absolutely essential component of our, of our competitiveness, of our sustainability, of, of our growth. And um, we have a culture of learning at Mibala because we understand that fashion um, and the leather industry as a whole is constantly evolving. Yeah. So we constantly all need to be upscaling ourselves Definitely. so that we can stay competitive. Definitely. Very briefly, before I uh, do uh, ask for some voice notes, uh, you mentioned I mentioned e-commerce. So yes, how's yes, that yes. been treating you to make sure that a Google can log on to your website, easily 100%. interact with the platform and of course for payments to go through? 100%. Um, and again, that relates to the earlier point that I mentioned to say that you're starting small you're trying to build um, a capital efficient operation so you can't necessarily in the first year go out and, and have a store in Rosebank Mall mm. right? it's going to take time for you to get there and we're very um, um, slowly getting to that point uh, but yeah e-commerce um, even though 
uh, it accounts for a tiny proportion of um, total retail sales in South Africa. I think the last time I checked, it was between 1% to 2%. Yes. has been a, an incredible platform for us, particularly because you can leverage social media to drive traffic to your e-commerce website. 100%. So, um, and there's um, platforms that enable you to very quickly and um, resource ah, efficiently build a proper website, such as Shopify, um, and WooCommerce and so on. Gotcha. So we've relied on such platforms to build what I think is a beautiful and efficient e-commerce platform. No, you certainly have. You certainly have. Uh, for many of our listeners who might be uh, keen and eager to actively see the website, do be sure to log on to mibala.co.za, right? Oh, hold on. There we go. Yeah. Yes, mibala.co.za yes. and uh, there you can find uh, amazing product outfits uh, in terms of uh, the bags and, and the leather um, 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 craftsmanship that is available uh, to purchase. If you've just joined us, we are in conversation with Kalifang Mwiletsi, founder and creative director of Mebala. It is a company that uh, crafts uh, custom crafted bags uh, with the heritage at the center of their design as well as their outlook. I, I want to touch on very briefly, of course, the full value chain, right? Manufacturing, mm. load shedding is an issue. Yeah. Uh, leather, access to leather, we know that the supply chain environment and of course even procuring some of your products. Yes in a market that is typically priced by uh, the heavyweights how have yes, you managed yes. some of those dynamics as an entrepreneur you um you know uh, relationships are currency when you're an entrepreneur so mm. you always try to build oh, you can say that again <laughs> <laughs> you always try to build um and rely on relationships um that are mutually <laughs> beneficial so it took a while for us to find the right kinds of suppliers and for us to land on the right kinds of arrangements with them. But ultimately, we did get to that point, mm -hmm. particularly with leather, because um, that is maybe the most important material for us. Mm. And we insist on localization. So we insisted on trying to work with, you know, the very best leather suppliers that you can, you can find in South Africa. And so we may not necessarily um, buy in the big proportions that the big players um, buy in at this point in time but um, they sold on our vision, they like the consistency of our business, yes. they like the cutting edge of our brand and they've decided that they're going to work this journey with us. 100%. Well we love the craftsmanship too as well uh, and the growth and the resilience. What I also love and admire about you as an individual Kalifang is the fact that you started off your story talking about how you designed a backpack as you were still a student back in 2019 doing your economics degree you completed that degree not yes. only did you complete it you went on to get your master's in economics yes. not only did you do that you went on to work for a myriad of institutions which are quite significant in terms of research macroeconomic policy uh, even lectured and of course consulted for the world bank uh, created and founded mibala and now also work as a senior associate uh, at, at a key firm in terms of in analytic, analytics and research this leaves me in awe because where do you find the time <laughs> to be a, a phenomenal entrepreneur who has exuded as much passion as you've shared, but also someone who's still a significant contributor to, to productivity and economic output in the country? Thank you. Um, again, it goes back to the team. Uh, so at the moment, I, as, as you mentioned, I'm a senior associate at a consulting firm called mm -hmm. Genesis Analytics. Um, 
and I continue to serve Mebala um, as the creative director and really like guide and lead the team towards the vision that we have. So the reason that I'm able to make all of this work out is that we have a really strong team um, that I can rely mm. on. Everyone understands what their role is, how important their role is, what's expected of them and, and how to go about doing it. Yeah. And everyone supports each other. So if you ever want to, you know, have multiple things going, you want to have side hustles, mm. you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to be a high achiever, my number one tip for you would be surround yourself with a strong and capable team. 100%. You said it best when you said uh, as an entrepreneur, currency, your relationships are your currency. Yes. 100%. Such a delight speaking to you, Khalifang. You are a man of many talents and many capabilities and uh, amazing artistry as well as we see with Mibala. So long may this last onwards and upwards and yeah, I think we are going to stop by to see what we can find there <laughs> online. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Khalifa. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.